Well, my friends, we have made it to Thursday. It is September the 3rd. Blessings to you. I hope wherever you are, however you are, you uh, just find yourself uh, embraced, uh, participating in the, um, in the kingdom of God and saying yes to, to what God invites you into today. So uh, we finished up the chapter, the fourth chapter of Luke yesterday. We're going to dive into the beginning of the fifth chapter. It is a feast day in Catholic circles today, the feast of St. Gregory the Great. If I don't speak too long, I'll have a chance to talk a little bit about Gregory, but we'll see how this goes. It's, it's a powerful gospel. So let's dive right in. Let's not waste uh, time with small chat, small talk. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Let's see what God has for us today. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. While the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats there alongside the lake. The fishermen had disembarked and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, he asked him to put out a short distance from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. After he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Simon said in reply, Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing, but at your command I will lower the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets were tearing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come to help them. They came and filled both boats, so that the boats were in danger of sinking. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For astonishment at the catch of fish they had made seized him and all those with him, and likewise James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, my friends, it's days like this that we, we read the Word of God and it's like, what on earth can I add to that? That is so good. So let the Word be the, the foundation of, of what you take with you today. I, I'm only going to look at it from different angles and, and see if I can help it, uh, you know, come to a little more life, but, but that, that has got its life on its own. And, and so we thank God for, for things like this. Okay, so let's set the stage. You know, um, Jesus came back to Nazareth. Uh, that's where he began his ministry. He was um, rudely, I mean, they were amazed at him, but they, they said, hey, move along, move along. Uh, you're, you're not who we think you are uh, because they, they outthought themselves. So then he went to Capernaum where they were amazed and astonished. And, uh, and then he was healing people there, and um, uh, including Simon's mother-in-law, which is interesting, and I'll get to that in just a bit. And, uh, and then he went off to pray after all these healings uh, in Capernaum. And uh, they came to him and said, hey, everybody's looking for you. Come back. We really love you in Capernaum. And he said, no, I got to go out. I, I wasn't just made, I wasn't just sent on mission for Capernaum. I was sent for all these cities. 
And again, that's what we talked about yesterday, that are we called, are we getting in routines and comfortable, and, and is God calling us out of those routines to something new today? Or at least looking at, at our current place and, and what we're in, in in a new way. Um, and so clearly, we're back. We must be back at Capernaum as we're beginning here today. So Jesus went out to those other towns, came back. Why do we know that? Because he's in Simon's boat. Simon lives in Capernaum. And, uh, and so... Uh, and this follows sequentially with what we're talking about. And the people at Capernaum love him. We know that. There's so many around him that he has to embark in these boats and go out. So he is standing by the Lake of Gennesaret. What is that? Well, it's just another name for the Sea of Galilee. It has like three names to it. You know, why Why do we have three names for it? Why does Bartholomew have another name as Nathaniel? Who knows? It's just how things happened back then. But the Lake of Gennesaret is uh, the Sea of Galilee. Uh, again, if we're thinking of it in terms of Lake Winnebago, they're at Fond du Lac, the south part. Uh, that's where Capernaum is. So he must have gone out, come back. He is uh, disembarking. He's teaching the crowds. And they're really listening to it. They're listening to the Word of God. He clearly, uh, again, there's reason in, in Mark that he establishes his home there. They clearly are um, listening and responding to him. Uh, bless Capernaum for that. They recognized what they had. So he goes out in one of the boats. The crowds are, are pressing in so much on him. And he goes a short distance and teaches the crowds from there. But then he looks at Simon and his, you know, partners, which we find out later are the sons of Zebedee, uh, James and John. Probably Andrew's along here. We don't get Andrew by name, but we know Andrew is the brother of Simon. And he says, hey, put on to deep water, lower your nets. Oh, we've done that, Lord. We've done it. But you can just see Peter rolling his eyes, Simon, at this point. You can just see him rolling his eyes like... What does this guy know about fishing Sea of Galilee? He knows nothing. We've done it all night. Okay, but Lord, if you say so. But, um, and then, of course, they catch everything. And it's the revelatory. Peter falls at his feet and, and because he recognizes. He recognizes who this is. As if curing his mother-in-law, healing his mother-in-law. I don't remember which the word is that they used for his mother-in-law. Um, wasn't enough to recognize who this is, as if the words weren't enough to recognize who this was, this was the moment for Peter. And that's okay, brothers and sisters. We all have our moments. You know, God's action in our life happens all the time. Miracles happen daily to us. We just don't call them miracles. We call them, that's the way the world is, it works. You know, of course, babies get born and, and conceive and grow within a woman for nine months. You know, that's just what happens. Uh, do we recognize the miracle in that? But my point is, whatever the miracle is that gets us, whatever that point is, hey, praise God. And God will continue to come at us, you know, until the one that strikes us in, in our depth that says, this is the one. I recognize who you are. And in also doing so, I recognize who I am. That's the beauty here. And here's my main point, And it's going to be kind of a longer one. I, I hope not to go too long today. But this is the deal. Jesus says to them, put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. I love that phrase. Now, in the one sense, he's simply saying, 
you know, go out where it's deeper, lower, catch the fish out there, bring up the sturgeon. Um, but that's not, I mean, in, in the wonderful parlance of the gospel, it, it has many layers. And, uh, and what he's inviting Peter to do is to look deeper into who he is. You know, brothers and sisters, we often swim around at the surface of who we are and, uh, and are content with that idea of, I'm, 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 I'm a man. Um, I'm minister. I am um, 55. I'm whatever political party or affiliation. I am Catholic. I am... Um, Anglo. Uh, I am of Irish and German descent. Uh, and, and these small things, none of those are small. I mean, those are good things, but they're surface level. And Jesus is saying, put out into the deep because that's where the real fish are. That's where the real life is. How do we do that? Let me use something that I was reading this morning. I get a daily, uh, uh, just a, a daily uh, meditation from Father Richard Rohr, Franciscan, sends them out. And he's talking this week about the true self and the false self, going off of Thomas Merton's um, wonderful teaching. And a rabbi, uh, Rabbi Rami Shapiro, tried to help um, kind of nuance this and bring out what is the true self and what is the false self. And he puts it, and so it's a paragraph I'm going to read to you, but he puts it out into about four points. And this is what it is. It's, it's wonderful. And follow along with me here. The term, and so these are the words of Rabbi Rami Shapiro, the term perennial philosophy returns to a fourfold, refers to a fourfold realization. And this is going into the deep now, getting beyond the surface. One, There is only one reality. Call it among other names, God, Mother, Tao, Allah, Dharmakaya, Brahman, or the Great Spirit. There is only one reality that is the source and substance of all creation. That's point number one. Make sure we understand that. Point number two, that while each of us is a manifestation of this reality, most of us identify with something much smaller. Read surface. That is our culturally conditioned individual ego. Point three, that this identification with the smaller self gives rise to needless anxiety, unnecessary suffering, and cross-cultural competition and violence. Because we relate ourselves with these smaller, surfacey things, we have to protect them, and that leads to competition and violence and anxiety. And point number four, that peace, compassion, and justice naturally replace anxiety, needless suffering, and competition and violence when we realize, when we realize our true nature as a manifestation of the singular reality. Isn't that fantastic? Brothers and sisters, that's how we put out into the deep. Is one, there is only one reality. Two, we live on the surface in these small ideas of who we are. And then we protect them. And that's our ego. And, and, but we know at our deeper level, there's something more there. And when we let go of this other crap, what Merton would call the false self, 
and we fall into the true self, which is this deeper reality that we are manifestations of the one reality, that's when we realize who and what we are and whose we are. And that's what Peter is doing here. He realizes in this deep water, all this other stuff is nothingness. It is, it is, it is in the words of Koheleth, vapor, mist. It, it, is, it is nothing. It is nothing. And what is real is who I am, who you are, who Peter is at our base, which is a manifestation of the one reality. And he falls on his feet before Jesus and says, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. I've been living in this small stuff. That's who I associate with. That's what I think of who I am. And Jesus does not say, no, Peter, no, that's, you know, don't worry. You're, you're a good guy. Jesus doesn't even deal with it because he knows who Peter is at a deeper level. He's not going to deal with it at the small level, at the surface level. And he simply, he says to him, ah, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of who you are. Don't be afraid of how you're made and, and at this deeper level what you are. Do not be afraid from now on. Now that you know this reality, now you're going to be catching humanity, men and women. Now you're going to bring in people by helping them know who they are. And brothers and sisters, make no bones about it. That's what salvation is, is we realize we are that beloved at that level, and that's the image and likeness in who we are created, and that's how God sees us. Not at this surfacey level. He doesn't even recognize that. That's all illusion. And, uh, and he sees us for what we really are, but we don't. We don't. We have to put out into the deep. That's what we do. Oh, that's so good, isn't it? I could talk for more about other things, but, but there's no reason. Let's simply say this about Pope Gregory the Great, uh, St. Gregory. Lived back, um, you know, 6th uh, and early 7th century. Uh, must have been brilliant because before the age of 30, he was the regional governor for, governor for Rome. Now, remember, this is after Rome was sacked. And uh, when Rome falls by the invading tribes from the north, it, it, everything in the Roman Empire falls apart then. And it, it plunges Europe into what we call the Middle Ages, into that feudal state, where what that means, feudalism, is every city is its own, you know, government. Uh, and so Rome would be one, and Florence would be another, and, and you know, um, you know, Pisa would be another, and, and Milan another, etc., and, and so it wasn't one country anymore. It was a patchwork, dozens of them, dozens and dozens and dozens, each with their own, their own um, uh, leadership and government and, and law and different idea. And, uh, and what Gregory did besides, he, so he was this prefect before he was the age of 30, and then he basically resigned his position at the age of 35 built six monasteries on his property, wanted to be a monk, <clears throat> and, and was a Benedictine monk uh, for years, but the people of Rome and the clergy, that's how they elected back then. They elected him pope. And uh, um, what he did uh, during this thing, twofold, well, I'll say three maybe. One is he emptied the treasuries of, of the Vatican 
to um, bless the people who were um, persecuted by the invading tribes, the Lombards at that at that time, uh, the Jews who were being persecuted. He didn't keep money set aside for riches, just for power. He used it to help those in need. One, that's what made him great. Two, he helped to reform the liturgy, at least he's, he's uh, credited with that, uh, bringing Gregorian chant, uh, reforming the, the, and revising the, the liturgy at that point, and helping create um, uh, you know, unity out of that. Three, I'm going to make a lot of points here, I guess. <laughs> he, brought, he got rid of, of priests that weren't towing the line. He brought great discipline, not only to his area, or his, his, the church in Rome, but that whole area. Um, and four, he was an incredible, um, well, if you know the Enneagram, he was an incredible nine is what he is. He brought people together. He was a mediator. He listened. And, and right then there was a great divide, and, and it, it had started probably 100 years earlier, but a great divide between the Church of the East, what we now call the Orthodox, and the Church of the West, what we call Roman Catholic. And he helped talk to them. He helped talk to the, uh, the invading tribes that were coming down. He, he went and convened and listened to the King of the Lombards and, and helped, you know, create a situation that was livable for both and, and what those needs were. Um, and, uh, and there are people that say, uh, you know, the Middle Ages were tough enough with, with how they lasted. And they lasted for centuries. You know, it wasn't until Charlemagne, you know, built the empire back up in what, the 8th, ninth century, uh, and and without Gregory's discipline and without him, it would have been uh, unimaginable. So that's, he was a man for his time. He didn't want to be Pope, brothers and sisters, but he was a man for his time. He was called and he went and he said yes. That's enough for him today. But he, incredible man. But all oh, brothers and sisters, again, I get back to that gospel. Put out into the deep. Gregory had to know who he was and what his gifts were at some level and, and said yes to them. May you and I uh, do the same. Let's, uh, let's pray. Uh, okay, so if there's an intention for which you would like to pray, I invite you to call it to mind as we begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The fourth joyful mystery, uh, the presentation of Jesus at the temple. Our Father who is in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. <laughs> Now and at the hour of our death, amen. I'm going back for just a second. We're not in the joyful mysteries. That's, that's what I'm praying in my living rosary. We're on the, uh, <laughs> we're on the uh, glorious. So, uh, you know, scratch that, change it. We're uh, on the fourth glorious mystery, which is the Assumption of Mary. Uh, thank you, Mary for reminding me. Hail Mary, we'll just keep going through. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed day to you, my friends, and St. Gregory the Great, pray for us.